started in this chapter last week. We're going to review and, and read some more from John chapter 14. And we started a series last week called The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, why he matters to you today. We wanted to clear up some myths around the Holy Spirit and just kind of lay a foundation for who he is and let you know a little bit. There's a lot of myths about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does. And so we, we started last week reading in John chapter 14. And I said that the book of John is so unique. It really is an incredible book. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke together combined, they're, are what, they're what called the synoptic gospels. In other words, they're similar. They have a similar pattern, very similar stories. They're parables. The parables kind of flow together. The timeline of Jesus' life flows together in those three gospels. Not exactly, but it's similar. And then along comes the gospel of John, which is about 90% original and very unique and there are a couple of events that overlap, but there's so much of John that is unique. And you find in John chapters 13 through 17, the final words of Jesus while he's on this earth before he's crucified with his disciples. He chooses to spend those last few moments of his life with his disciples. In John chapter 13, he starts by washing their feet. In John chapter 14, he starts talking about when he goes, what's going to happen when he goes. And he visits with them in the garden. He has communion with them. And then the final chapter of that particular portion, 13 through 17, John 17 is just one long prayer that he prays over his disciples. And so we read some of these verses last week. And I want to read to you again from John chapter 14. I want to read these words again. It says this in verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I want you to watch the pronouns here, and I will pray the Father. Now, other translations say, I will ask the Father. So that's what that means. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Now watch verse 25 and 26 of the same chapter. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So when... The Word of God talks about the Holy Spirit, and when Jesus specifically starts telling his disciples, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. In other words, I'm not going to leave you without knowledge of the Father. I'm going to come to you, but I want you to know that in the meantime, I'm going to ask the Father, and he is going to send someone, not something, someone. And I said this the very, the very first thing you need to know when we do a, a series on the Holy Spirit is, number one, the Holy Spirit is a person, right? In fact, in my Bible, the word helper is capitalized because it is his title, right? The Holy Spirit is not the wind. He blows over us like a refreshing wind, but he's not the wind. The Holy Spirit is not a dove with fire coming out of his tail, right? When Jesus was baptized... The Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell upon Jesus and he was gentle like a dove. 
a dove didn't flop out from heaven and fall on Jesus, okay? It was just there was a presence that fell upon Jesus, and it was so gentle, it was like a dove. He's not water, but he has a river of living water, you see? He's not any of these symbols. He is a person. Because if you don't know he's a person, then you'll never know you can have a personal relationship with him. That he talks. Come on now. He speaks. He, he has emotions. He can be grieved. He leads and he guides, right? This is the person of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, he didn't promise the force. He promised a person that's going to walk with you and talk with you and be with you every step of the way. And said, you have to know this, that the Holy Spirit is a person, and he has a personality, and you can develop a relationship with him. So I said, that's number one. That is the key, that he's a, he's a person. And then number two, I want to give you this to today, is that he is called alongside to help. The word itself, helper, in the King James, it's translated comforter. I'm going to pray, and, and I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send the comforter. In the Amplified Version, it breaks down that word to mean comforter, counselor, advocate, helper, intercessor, strengthener, standby, friend, right? It goes on and it says the Holy Spirit is all of these things, but it's translated helper. And the word itself is the word para and kletos, those two words put together, and it actually means alongside, it means someone who is called to be alongside of you every step of the way, that you are never alone. If you don't know anything else, if you don't get anything else out of this service, if you think we just came here to lift up a shout and that was it, also get this this morning, you are not alone. You're not alone. Come on now. You're never alone. There's always somebody that's there with you. You know, pastors have this one thing about pastors. We like to match people up. It's in our DNA. It's like if I know somebody's single, I start thinking of who I could introduce them to. Come on, who can I, who can I, oh, 35? Okay, hmm, who's, you know what I'm saying? Better to find somebody here than go to some other church. Come on, now, I'm, so I'm looking, and my wife's like, would you stop? I'm like, no, this is, this is good, all right? And I've had very, very moderate success in this. In fact, we took a young lady with us to Columbia, and we didn't tell her this, but the whole purpose of the trip was to find a husband. And we told the Colombian pastors this. We, we said, okay, we're... We're bringing somebody with us, and there's one goal here. I mean, we want to preach Jesus, yes, but we also have another motive. And we get in the car. Watch this. We get in the car, and the pastor's wife, she had the same DNA. She was cut from the same mold. I'm telling you, this is what pastors do, right? We preach funerals, we do weddings, and we meet people up, okay? So that's what we do. And this pastor's wife turns and says, hello. And it says to the female, and they brought this young man in the car, just happened to be at the church hanging out after service and just happened to get in the car with us. It was so random, right? And he says to the, the, the woman says to the young lady, the pastor's wife says to the young lady, hi, this is so-and-so. He's looking for a wife. 
And then it says to the young man, hi, this is so-and-so from America. She's looking for a husband. Right? And I thought, well, I mean, let's just get it out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but you know what? Two kids later, come on now. Woo! I got some spiritual grandkids running around here. Like, woo, we did it. Well, let me tell you, better than matching you up with a human, come on now, who is flawed and failed and it may work and it may not. I want to introduce you to somebody today that will meet every need you got. He's the answer to every prayer you'll ever pray. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He'll never let you down, never fail you. He is the Holy Spirit and he fits your life perfectly. He's perfect in every way and he'll be with you every step of the way. Come on, let me introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. He is a person and he's called alongside to help. And we've got to stop making excuses and thinking we're alone. We've got to stop calling our own pity party and being the only one to show up. Come on now. You know, in John chapter 5, do you remember the story when there was a man that was laying by a pool and an angel would come stir the water and the first person in the pool was instantly healed and Jesus went to this porch in Bethesda and he saw this man and he looks at the man and he says to the man who had been there 38 years, 38 years, and he says to the man, do you want to be made well? And that's a yes or no question. But do you know what that man said? Watch what he said. John chapter 5, he said this. Sir, I have no man. Hmm? That was his excuse. I don't have anybody to help me. Huh? I don't have anybody to help me. And you know, a lot of Christians are that way. They go, you know, if I just had somebody come along and help me, I ain't got no friends. Right? Nobody is going through what I'm going through. Nobody understands. Nobody else struggles like I'm struggling. I mean, you know, everybody else had help along the way. Everybody else gets somebody to come alongside. I don't have anybody to come alongside. Let me tell you, you've got somebody that's come alongside you. He is the Holy Spirit. Let's not make any excuses. Let's believe that we've got everything that we need to live an overcoming life. He's the Holy Spirit, and he's with you every step of the way. Amen? You've got somebody. Hallelujah. You've got the perfect person who will be with you every step of the way. And listen, he is called alongside to help. To help. Let me give you three ways he helps you. Number one, he helps you with his presence. He helps you with his presence. I've been, as a pastor, fortunate enough to, to be with people at, at some of the darkest moments of their life when a loved one has passed into eternity, when they've gone through a tragedy. And, you know, it's in those moments that I just sometimes just sit there with them. I'm all for theology. I love theology. That's the study of what we believe. I love finding answers. There's nothing wrong with answers and theology. That's great stuff. It's necessary stuff. But sometimes you just need to be there. You don't even need to say anything. You just need to be there. They just need to sense your presence. I had somebody tell me this week, they said, Pastor, when you, when you were just here, they told me that this week, they said, when you were just here, just you showing up at our house when we had to walk through that, that meant, and she's crying, and she said, that meant everything to me. 
And let me tell you, when you were at your lowest, when nobody knows what you're going through, when you haven't told a soul, there is somebody that is called alongside to be with you, and his presence makes all the difference. His presence makes all the difference. Just him being there with you, just him, just you knowing that you're not alone in this thing. Come on now. He's there with you. His presence is there with you. He's called alongside to help you. He is the Holy Spirit, and he's with you every step of the way. The second thing is this. He helps us with his intercession. His intercession. His intercession. In other words, he's praying for you. Often I'll text somebody and just say, hey, praying for you today. Praying for you today. But do you know what? I'm limited and what I know, I don't know exactly what people are going through. I, I sometimes will get a, a glimpse into their life, and I'll just say, Lord, I pray for them today. And I do. I pray for them, right? I'm praying and praying that God would touch them and, and God would do something. But there's also somebody praying for you. Right? In Luke chapter 22, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter, and he said, Peter, you know, the, the devil, Satan, has specifically asked for you. He doesn't like you. Huh? He doesn't like you. But I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith would not fail. And after you have fallen, I'm praying that you get back up and you help restore other people. Right? Now, how about Peter? Right? How about him hearing those words? Jesus is praying for me. Huh? Do you know that after he fell, can you imagine what those words meant to him? After he denied Jesus, after the devil told him it's hopeless, you might as well give up, you might as well give in, you might as well walk away, you might as well go back to that boring life of fishing. Hmm? Just go on and just, just, I mean, just curse God and die. Maybe the thought came, well, wait a minute. Jesus told me he was praying for me. He was praying for this exact moment that after I've fallen, I'd get back up and I'd help restore other people. Do you know what those words mean to you? And do you know the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8 that we don't always know how to pray as we should, right? But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us, not instead of us, for us. That means we get to join in with him and pray. He doesn't pray instead of us. He prays for us. That means when we're praying, he's praying. Come on now. And how is he praying? He's praying the will of God be done in your life. He's praying for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That means that he's praying that you make the right decision, the right choices, come into the right relationship. He's praying that when you get up in the morning, you realize that every step you make, every choice you make has already been prayed for by the Holy Spirit. Not only are you not alone, he's praying for you. You may not have a mom or dad praying for you. I hope you do. You may not have a granddad or dad praying for you. I hope you do. But I want you to know if nobody on earth is praying for you, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. He's making intercession for you every step of the way. Hallelujah. You are never alone and someone always is praying for you. Hallelujah. Someone's always praying for you. And then the third thing is this. He helps us with his peace. His peace. 
Let me just tell you, this makes all the difference. This makes all the difference. Let me show you, you're already in John chapter 14. I want you to just flip over a few chapters to John chapter 20. Now, Jesus was crucified. He's raised from the dead and is spending a final few moments with his disciples after his resurrection. Now, what we have to get with this particular portion of scripture is we have to get how difficult the situation was in their mind, right? Because Jesus says to them, watch this, because this, this scripture here will blow your mind. Jesus actually said to them, it's better for me not to be here and for the Holy Spirit to come. John chapter 16, and it says this in John chapter 16, I think verse 7, it says this, it is actually more profitable it's more expedient, some verses say, more uh, profitable. Or, or one translation, New King James says, it is to your advantage that I go away. And they're looking like, what are you talking about? How could it possibly be to our advantage that you would leave? That doesn't make any sense. But Jesus knows. Listen, he can't be with all the disciples all the time. And we've got to reach the whole world. Come on, we need to spread this gospel. We need to start reaching the Gentiles. We need to start going into all the world. And I can't be with you when you're in Antioch, and I can't be with you when you're in Samaria, and I can't be with everybody at all times, so it's actually to your advantage that I leave. And they don't understand it. They can't comprehend it. Huh? But he knows that, listen, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And listen, when you're driving, the Holy Spirit's there. And when somebody else is on a plane, the Holy Spirit's with that person. And when somebody else is working, the Holy Spirit's with that person. Why? Because he's everywhere at all times. He's not limited by a physical body. And Jesus was. Right? So it's actually to our advantage that the Holy Spirit is here. Those are his words, not mine. All right? But they can't wrap their head around that. And so he visits with them one last time before he ascends to heaven. And he realizes that as soon as I'm gone, they are going to struggle. Now watch this in John chapter 20. And it says this. And verse number 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. This is so interesting because it says in verse 21, so he said to them again. He said to them again. So when he had first greeted them after the resurrection, right? He says to them, peace be unto you. That was a greeting. That was a greeting so that they didn't freak out. That was just a, a, a typical greeting, like somebody would say, peace. Hey, be at peace, be at peace, right? And, of course, they're confused and they're struggling. But he realizes they need more. They don't just need a high five. It's going to be okay. They don't just need a, a, a word of encouragement that are just a hoorah. They need something a little deeper that's going to carry them all the way to the upper room. Right? Did you see? They need something because they need to get all the way to that upper room. They need to make sure that they don't leave Jerusalem, that they wait for the promise of the Father, that they don't give up hope, that they don't give in, that they don't call it a day and say, well, well, oh, well, I guess we'll just, you know, go back to our old lives. 
And so here's what he says to them. I know you're confused. I know you don't fully understand. I know that you're wondering, why is it advantageous for me to leave? I know that doesn't make sense to you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak over you peace. And he breathed on them. Woo, hallelujah. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they've got a measure of the Holy Spirit in that moment to carry them all the way through to the upper room and get past the confusion, the struggle in their mind. Because there's something about breathing, right? He breathed out and he said, you breathe in. And you receive the Holy Spirit. My wife and I have been some studying on breathing, how important it is to breathe, right? She says it to me all the time when I'm driving. Somebody cuts me off, and I have to stare at them. She's like, why do you have to look at them? Because I want them to know that I know they don't know how to drive. So I have to stare at them. Right? Don't help me. Who does that? You know what I'm saying? You got to look. You got to look. Because when I do it to people, I know they're looking at me. I'm like, I know, I know. And then she'll say this, breathe, Brian, breathe. You know what I mean? And when you breathe, here's what happens. Stress begins to leave your body. Right? Stress hormones begin to, to leave your body. And all of a sudden, peace just comes, right? But that's just natural peace. That's just natural peace. Because you can get stressed out just in another moment. Just stressed out in another moment. But here's what Jesus did. I know you're confused. I know you're struggling. And I know you don't understand. So I'm going to breathe over you. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit for this moment to move you past the confusion. Right? And I'm going to say this to you. Peace. Peace. Amen? Because let me tell you, I've sat with people in those dark moments I've talked about. In those moments where they've prayed and it didn't seem like the answer came exactly like they wanted it to come. And I'll tell you this, I've been doing this a while, I don't have every answer. And there's times when I go, I don't, I don't know. And I don't even try to give them some canned answer. All I do is sit with you, believe with you, cry with you, pray with you, right? And I just say this, all I know is this, through all of it I trust God. I don't understand why things happen the way they happen sometimes. But I know this, his word never fails. It is always true. He's the same God and he's a good God. Amen? Amen? And here's what happens. I'm at peace, right? I'm at peace. Peace moves us past the doubt. Peace pushes us past the confusion, right? And Jesus gave his disciples peace from the Holy Spirit to push them past the struggle that there was going on in their mind. And here's what I'm going to ask today, and I'm going to ask Billy if you could come back to the keyboard this morning, and I want to pray for you today. And I know I ended just a, a little bit early, but I felt that I wanted to spend some time because I really felt the Holy Spirit say that there's some people that are in this room that you have been waiting for an answer to a prayer that it seemed like never came and years has passed. Years have passed. And every time you try to launch out in that faith and every time you try to step out and conquer new territory or take new ground, it seems like the devil reminds you of that faith failure that, that he tells you you had. Right? And confusion sets in 
and doubt sets in a little bit and you start to question and wonder, you go, well, he didn't come through like I wanted him to come through then. What makes me think he'll do it now? Huh? And you struggle with that. And years have gone by, for some of you, maybe even decades. And you're still struggling from a prayer that didn't get answered 20 years ago. And here's what I want to pray for you today, peace. I'm not going to answer the question because I don't have an answer, right? I'm not that educated. I'm not that smart. I can't tell you why certain things happen. All I can tell you this is the Holy Spirit promises us peace. Peace. And one day we'll find out when we get to heaven. Somebody said, when you get to heaven, you'll get all the answers. I bet when you get to heaven, you'll be so busy worshiping God and loving on Jesus and seeing your Savior face to face, you won't even ask any questions. Come on now. You'll just be like, I'm here, and I'm so glad to be here. Come on now. Amen. But in the here and now, we struggle. And sometimes we have doubts, and sometimes we need to just let peace flow over our heart and mind. Peace. Just let the Holy Spirit blow over you today. And here's what he wants. He wants for you to be standing here today and you just to know somebody's right here. He's right here. And when you wake up in the morning, here's what you do. You say, Holy Spirit, I know you're with me today. And I don't know what text is going to come. I don't know what phone calls are going to come today. I don't know what emails are going to happen. I don't know. I've got some meetings that I look forward to. I've got some events that, that maybe are going to happen today. Or maybe you're not looking forward to some things. I don't know what today is going to bring. But I know this. You know exactly what's going to happen today. And nothing is going to happen to me that you cannot handle. Woo, isn't that good news? Holy Spirit, nothing's going to happen to me today that you can't handle. And I am not alone. I'm not alone. I'm never alone. You're with me. Every step of the way, that's who you are. You're my helper. Amen? You're my helper. And you'll always be my helper.